Welcome back, everyone, to Rock Hard Caucus. This is episode 96 of your favorite Iowa politics podcast. My name is Justin Comer, and I have my co-host Natalie with me right now. Hey! Hi, Natalie. And we have a special guest tonight. We've got an independent candidate for State Senate District 17. We've got Alejandro Morgia Ortiz. You did it! Yeah. How did, how did I do? How did I do? On that was great. That was really good. Okay. Whew. Yeah. I I apologize for my nervousness. I, I had I had the tweet ready to to cancel you, but I get to delete it. Yeah. L- listeners won't know how many how many attempts I cut out and edit out of the final product. No worries. I got them recorded. <laughs> Wait, I'm recording you. You're not supposed to record me. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I know the law. Day. I know my rights. <laughs> one party <day>. <laughs> <laughs> So, Alejandro, you're running for District 17. Can you tell me where that is? Yes. Uh, I'll try as best I can because the, the map is, is really weird. Broadly speaking, it's uh, the north and northeast part of Des Moines. So... On the this is like a speech I have memorized now, but on the west side of the river, um, it's like everywhere north of the interstate, mm-hmm. but like east of Beaver and Forty Second, kind of. Okay, and so then... if, if you're listening and you live in, <laughs> if you, if it sounds like you live in that description of a geographical area, listen closely. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> uh, you know, you've got like your Drake neighborhoods, your. Uh, uh, river Bend, where I live, where I am right now, which is the lovely River Bend. I love all my neighbors; they're great. Uh, <laughs> and then on the east side of the river, we've got like everywhere north of Court, so East Village, the Capitol. Uh, it goes all the way out to like Fairgrounds, kind of. It's it's a very weird shape, um, but it, it it's got a lot of key places here in Des Moines but it's uh, in general though it's really just like honestly incredibly diverse you know we've got like the Latino community like all over the east side and you know into some of like the north side as well and it's just like like all my neighbors are immigrants out here in the Riverbend area and uh, you know that's something that I it's like really really neat I guess it's just been pretty cool to to meet more of my neighbors and you know kind of like look out a little bit further into the east side where uh, I know a lot of the folks in my community as well. So it's been, it's been nice. Yeah. It's a great place. And you've been, I think you started this campaign back in December. December. Right? Yeah. 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 I was the first, I was the first to announce. Maybe. I, as far as I know, I, we I've don't done fact like... check. We believe you. <laughs> I announced two years ago. <laughs> <laughs> So that that should mean that you have the advantage, right? If you've been campaigning the longest, you'd think so. No, yeah, uh, <laughs> I mean, I would say in in many ways, yes. Uh, you know, I've, I had a, a really good opportunity early on to establish the campaigns like legitimacy, uh, whether that was like with media coverage or just uh, you know in the, I guess whatever amounts of energy you want to say there was with the campaign and that there is. Uh, I got an early, early head start in that. So, you know, it was, you know, I don't know if any other year running independent would have been taken seriously here 
um, or, you know, in, in other circumstances, as you know, independent campaigns are typically very dismissed. And not that my campaign isn't being dismissed by certain people, but right. to some extent, they couldn't really avoid that it's like a legitimate campaign. Yeah, that's great. Uh, we talked about this a little bit with Jalen a few months ago before his primary, because he ran as a Democrat, and we, yes. we kind of compared directly because you were running an independent campaign. What have you seen as, you know, we covered one uh, disadvantage to running an independent campaign. You mentioned certain people don't take you seriously, <laughs> but uh, have you found that there are any advantages to not running within the Democratic Party? Yes. Uh, honestly, it's been fun to run to office. <laughs> <laughs> which I don't think that anyone like a single person that has run as a Democrat can tell you. I mean, the independent campaign sounds kind of fun because you get to like <laughs> criticize the Democrats. But I tell you, the people I know that are running as Democrats, it looks rancid. <laughs> <laughs> they hate it. Oh, they oh. hate it so much. They're not having fun. I, like, I, I bet Isaiah is not having fun. He can't be. I mean, maybe he is, but, <laughs> but, uh, no. And, and it's it, even like early on, it was like the, the awesome pieces of it started to like, were pretty apparent right away. You know, when I was just like literally just collecting signatures to get on the ballot, mm -hmm. I was talking to probably people that pretty much uh, like almost every conversation I had, people were willing to sign my, my paper just cause I was running like no party. Like they'd ask, I'd say, independent they'd be like i don't need to hear more i'm signing the they paper. were into that okay exactly cool. so yeah. you know that's something that i think uh is is one of like the advantages that 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 we have and i think that's something that uh democrats underestimate like how much it it, it truly is i is like how much i honestly hate democrats <laughs> yes uh and <laughs> i i don't know how you know how impactful that's going to be specifically in this election but um, you know, regardless, it's it's something that like truly exists, like is right. uh, very apparent. And, and I definitely I really do think Democrats are underestimating and, and really overestimating like their the support that they have. And especially in districts like this one. Right. Yeah, I should say the, the ballot is going to end up being you as an independent, yes. Isaiah Knox as a Democrat and mm -hmm. Toya Johnson as a libertarian. No Republican. Correct. No Republican. Yeah. So the Democrats have had this area kind of on lock in terms of the state legislature for I don't know how long, but probably a long time. Yeah. I think last election, so it's like 70 to 80 percent voted for the Democrats. Mm -hmm. So when you you've been uh, contacting people directly, like knocking on doors, stuff like that, meeting people in your district. And are have you found that people, you know, other than the people who are excited that you're running an independent campaign, have you run into people who like are loyal democrat voters and and are not willing to hear you out um probably i mean not a ton like truly not a lot you know and this is something that i you know looking back at like when i knocked doors for bernie for instance like you know mm -hmm. face like a, a decent amount of that uh but and so there's like some of that that still kind of sits but you know it's it's likely the folks that are involved with the party that are like going to the committee meetings and all that and and that's where really uh i've gotten more of that like online like on the facebook and like twitter stuff that's where that's where i get that kind of criticism knocking doors not as much yeah okay that's a very small number of people is the uh 
yeah, the it's, truly it's people... involved Democrats. <laughs> <laughs> and, and often it's like a really toxic space. It's like, <laughs> you know, we're talking and, and it's not even like at, like most of the people in those spaces. It's just like the mm-hmm. the folks that get the platform or the folks that get the mic um, and the we, we see the same names, the same faces um, and they're loud and annoying and. But honestly, like all the people just like watching from the sidelines, like j- thinking back to like the the Polk County Democrats group, Facebook group, and like uh, when uh, we essentially uh, seized that space and uh, mm-hmm. kind of <laughs> pushed the party out of it. And, uh, you know, we, you know, we were hearing from folks who like have been part of that group for, for years and just like how toxic it, it's been and, and, and just like happy to see them like be so loudly like <laughs> criticized and you know Some held accountable resistance. yeah yeah i've heard a, yeah. a lot of stories about that facebook group uh from jalen in particular <laughs> i bet i bet, I bet. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite spaces not as much anymore it's not as active but it's still there's some classics in there <laughs> So I guess what is it that differentiates your campaign from, uh, for instance, Isaiah Knox's uh, Democrat campaign? Like what what are the issues that you are trying to bring to the forefront of this state Senate campaign? Yeah, I mean, it's it's a little bit hard for me to tell you what Isaiah is running on, but I'll say, uh, <laughs> you know, it, it, in terms of like how we're running the campaign, like what we're like what we represent and just in general how we're doing it it's it's like pretty clear you know the grassroots versus the grass tops um and it's you know we've we've got you know we're we're against uh you know a someone who's a nonprofit executive you know we're we're talking folks who have those relationships with funders with developers who you know have They've been there for a while. They they it's like the perfect candidate for a Democratic Party, right? Someone that can bring in money. And mm-hmm. uh, you know, and more specifically though, you know, when we're talking about how we engage with the you know, the public and such, the it's as the grass roots, I guess. Um, you know, a lot of what we're trying to do is like use whatever resources we have, whatever whatever platforms we have to elevate the work that like other people are doing so in those conversations that we're trying to have or that we're having uh we're asking folks like not just like oh what issues do you care about but like what is something that you're trying to organize around and can we provide you resources to do it so you know whether that's uh you know anything around like tenants rights and trying to form tenants unions to you know i've talked to several workers even someone from the franken campaign about unionizing and you know folks that you know came to me for that um essentially and it's you know, trying to, you know, if we're going to be knocking doors, we might as well be knocking doors to talk about like, hey, there's a community garden near you as well. Like, you know, things that are connecting folks. You know, I was at the Riverbend like black party this weekend and, and was talking to folks about those things and like the current like mutual aid efforts that are happening, the Iowa abortion access, but things that people are doing that are actually going to prepare us for when this like, I mean, when this, when this state capital inevitably just like strips more and more of our rights right so who are the people mm-hmm. that are actually doing the work that's going to prepare us to you know get people an abortion and if it becomes illegal in this state or uh the folks who are organizing to stop the 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 evictions of the camps and such and mm-hmm. you know there was a lot of folks who 
seemed very interested had a lot of a lot of like the the knowledge of anything from mutual aid to just a lot of those concepts um uh, but weren't aware that there was like organizations and such and uh which is still kind of surprising to me but um you know it's something that is like happening there are folks doing really awesome work and uh, if if I've learned anything in the last couple of years is that like I don't have a unique thought. So if I'm having an idea, <laughs> if I have an idea, there's probably someone else that's having that idea. I just haven't met them, and um, that's something that I I learned and that has been really helpful in organizing. Just to be able to to as an organizer, you know, not 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 see myself necessarily as like some leader or anything like that, but rather mm-hmm. someone that is is able to bring folks together and was able to do that within the last couple of years to just you know either help uh try out some cool projects or you know even help you know establish some stuff that is still going on to this day here in in des moines that is you know not just about every two four six years voting for someone but rather you know if we're going to be coming together uh for anything we might as well be trying to be talking about the things we can develop here uh for for the future so having conversations about community ownership and like with my neighbors about you know what if we bought plots of land what if we bought a uh, property together and uh rather than you know it's it's easier said than done of course but you know mm-hmm. these are are very very possible things uh, in terms of like how we can really transform our community trying to identify who in your neighborhood knows how to do cpr who in your neighborhood knows uh, how to treat someone that's having an overdose these are uh, you know there's someone in your neighborhood that knows or can be trained to do these things and we can have crisis response plans and crisis response teams just within our own block uh shit we don't even need to like have like five snowblowers in one block if you know (laughs) you know your neighbors and can just you know share it uh so these are the conversations that i've been having and uh it, it resonates with people not because it's not because it's like this radical idea, not that radical is bad, radical is great, but it's not because it's this radical idea. But honestly, it's, it's it, it, from my perspective, it seems like it's the default of humanity, these types of relationships with your community. We've just been kind of stripped of that. You know, we've been, we're in like a situation where we are very isolated and individualistic. And, uh, but when, you know, I go to, to Mexico or when I, you know, you go to other communities, you know, these are just core pieces of what a community looks like and what, a, uh, you know, how communities form. Um, and, you know, the fact that we're not like this, that we don't know our neighbors, that we don't share resources this way uh, was intentional. And it's something that, uh, you know, seems unfeasible but honestly it's just so normal just very normal things that yeah i mean that that i think anyone can even like conservatives can see like the the value in things like that um and 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 i've and i've seen people like that are otherwise conservative resonate with that type of uh you know conversation yeah yeah this seems a bit larger than just a state senate campaign (laughs) Yeah, I just think that's so beautiful. I just, I love how you're always using it as an opportunity to elevate mutual aid out efforts and to build connections beyond like you are not just, I never feel like you're just focused on getting into office. You're always trying to like build up all these organizations at the same time. So even if you're going door to door, you're talking to people about other stuff. And I just think that's so cool. And I think it's like extremely beautiful, especially when I see like, 
an empty suit like Isaiah who gets $5,000 from William Knapp Properties and is just like, what do you stand for? Like, what? why are you trying to do this? Versus like, I am here and I'm using this time to build connections. I'm not just trying to get power for myself. Well, because I mean, the, the, the reality is like, regardless of like whether or not I, I believe that this is a legitimate institution, uh, I don't. Uh, but yeah. the regardless of that, like even if I win, I'll win. Uh, <laughs> I can't. I'm nobody n- believes that I can go in there and like pass like good legislation. Like there's nothing that 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 capital is literally incapable of passing good legislation. Yeah. And if it's good it's legislation, it's like just not as bad as it could have been legislation. It's, mm-hmm. it's really the best option we have. Really, not even just in Iowa, but I mean, speaking specifically to Iowa, that's just not not possible. And, and, and I think, you know, and people are very much not dumb and they know that. And um, having that honest conversation about how like literally the only way that we're going to, uh, you know, influence uh, the laws is if, you know, we're having these conversations, we're organizing and then, hey, if, you know, we imp- if we're able to have these pockets of organizing, um, should I say we should be organizing and in- stuff that we find like, you know, not that you have to like make every space that you're in this like serious like space organizing can be fun or whatever, but like. Mm. Even like if you've got like a knitting club, like organize, like even if it's not, if you don't think something's political, you have interests in common. And and if if you implement just like organizing concepts and just think about it all as like advocacy, then, uh, you know, you, you start to kind of shift the mindset, I think, of like how, like what a role is really as like people who live here and like what the role is of a state legislature, not just someone that, you know, you vote for someone and then you just hope that they do something good or whatever. Uh, but when in reality, you know, we can be organizing, we can honestly be collectivizing our resources and then maybe we can show up to the governor's like front door. You know, this is, uh, you know, and, and running for office, being in the legislature, it's a platform. It's a platform that typically is used to generate like more power and money for yourself or like your friends or your constituents or, or stakeholders, I should say. Mm-hmm. So it's like, why not, if this is a platform that consistently gets donations, because honestly, like sadly, a lot of grassroots stuff currently does not get donations. Um, but, you know, if, if we're able to use these resources to just be organizing, um, you know, we saw it with Indira's campaign, if you're actually organizing around something like tangible, you can still get electoral wins. Yeah, yeah. It, it would be really cool to see you win this race, but you know, obviously you've got a steep hill to climb. Mm-hmm. The Democrats have a lot of power in that district money. and uh, yeah, money. The power comes from a the money. A lot of money. <laughs> a lot yeah. of money. So it's good though that, that your campaign is, it's also got all of these other intentions behind it that, you know, you're trying to make connections between all these people doing all these things with all these goals. It's yeah, it's really noble. I think. Well, if I can get like a few, people like talking to their neighbors about how shitty their landlord is that's like (laughs) that's a massive win i would say i think a lot about how the successes that conservatives are having right now are seeds that they planted 40 years ago and how the things that we are doing now are like building systems that will like grow and grow and grow over time like 
they did not overturn Roe overnight. Like they they spent forty years on this campaign, and like yeah, they have a lot more money, but we have more people, and like you know, if we can start building these things now, you know, years down the road, like everything built on each other and what you're doing is going to impact things in the future when or not. I hope so. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And I think Alejandro is right that there is something just innate in human beings that like, you know, we understand like what benefits us collectively. And so it's, it's not really like, you know, even though the opposition has so much money, there is something within all of us that knows what's good or bad for us as like a species, a community. So I, I do think we have that going for us. Yeah. I mean, one of those, I think examples that I think, uh, you know, we can really benefit from, you know, like looking into a little bit more and exploring is the conversation about like the ownership over our labor, mm-hmm. uh, you know, which is like a concept that of course the left is very familiar with, but I think a lot of folks that are typically in the right also kind of get that. And, you know, where uh, there are, you know, any, you know, anything from, you know, like participation in, in, in unions, like a lot of conservatives in those spaces. Oh, and, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and not even just that. I mean, uh, the, the, you know, especially if you kind of separate it from like your, like, I guess, uh, typical like conversations about like what, a co-op is associated with the the concepts of a co-op and like owning collectively is not something that uh conservatives will necessarily like disagree with either like some of the the folks that you know you're like we're to talk out talk with you know on a daily basis um i think a lot of these things and not to mention the fact that <laughs> like the actual people uh you know, believe like well, what people believe, what pol- people want, regardless of like who they vote for, like it's what completely different than like what the people in office uh, want. So like the idea, you yeah. know, anything from like uh, universal healthcare or whatever, you know, just because it's it seems unfeasible in the you know actual like Congress, uh, you know, these are type things that are pretty well supported across the board. Um, and I think that a lot of like these community and you know concepts of just like yeah, I mean, of community ownership and, uh, you know, a lot of the community-owned broadband. And, like, Iowa is a leader in, commun- in like, community-owned broadband, right? Like, uh, rural Iowa has locally owned, like, broadband, like, all over the place, largely because Mediacom didn't want to go out there. But, like, there's, uh, you know, Cedar Falls has, like, the internet in the fucking world, essentially, because of their, like, local broadband and you know that's not and and i don't even like love their model but still like compared to i mean it's probably not the world but definitely the u.s uh (laughs) they uh (laughs) but um yeah no it's it's things that to us especially if we're like in the weeds of like what political like ideologies we resonate with and you know are familiar with that you know for us some of these things are very clearly like leftist policies or whatever but mm-hmm. you know a lot of these things in practice just makes sense to pretty much anyone yeah, they're a little more universal yeah. yeah i do think work is like the best way to reach just everyone because it's it's such a, a common universal experience that like your job is the worst thing about your life so. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it's the easiest way to connect with just everybody <laughs> Everyone hates working and everyone hates their boss. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Our bosses hate their bosses. <laughs> yeah. That, that's true too. <laughs> <laughs> 
So when I was doing a little bit of cursory research about uh, your district and, and the race that's coming up, I was Googling your opponents, of course. Um, yes. Toya Johnson, I, I don't know much about her, the Libertarian candidate, but I, I do remember she was running against Nate Bolton a few years ago. So that's sort of when I first started paying attention to her. So she's got to be at least somewhat cool. Um, and then <laughs> uh, when I Googled Isaiah Knox, the third result was uh, goldmansachs.com so <laughs> um so yeah i have his website and his campaign disclosure up it's all rancid you do not have to join in and shit talking ollie if you don't want to but i'm gonna shit talk because is he holding hands with cops yeah <laughs> so he has a picture his the second picture is him like snuggling with some cops here with their like little shields little loser and he oh my god i mean in 2020 that's like during the protests like that's where i saw him uh that's one of the first times i saw him and it was you know back turned to the police facing us you know and that's really wow that's uh oh god you know that's something that i that that i guess uh to me is messed up yeah it- it's a big thing with the Iowa Democrats right now. Like every camp- every campaign that's putting out ads that I've been paying Kenny? attention to has at least yeah at least one like law enforcement endorsement ad. <laughs> Does, okay, correct me if I'm wrong, but I haven't seen anything from Deidre with cops, right? Uh, that's that's a good point. But she hasn't put out any. Oh, she's put out one TV. She's ad. put one ad, but I haven't yeah, seen yeah, it, yeah. so I don't know. Yeah, she she has not been a super pro cop from anything that I've seen. Good, it's good. Yeah, yeah. I mean, absolutely support Deidre, but yeah, this is this is not good. Um, I'm noticing like stuff really jumping out at me, like words like access when it comes to healthcare. You know, like affordable. Those things that tell me that you have no interest in socialized medicine or it like tells me collective. that somebody else wrote it. Yeah, that's that's true as well. <laughs> Speaking of somebody else writing it, this is kind of funny. Uh, I won't out the person that told me, but uh, he's been like reaching out to like folks to endorse him. And <laughs> from from what I've heard, he or somebody on his team will like write the quote ahead of time and like send it to them. Be like, hey, can we say that you said this? Like, can we <laughs> sign this quote to you? And it's funny because he'll say something like, oh, I've worked with Isaiah for how like for for many years. It's like I don't think we've worked together. Like. We just met. Uh, Interesting. So that's funny. It's an, uh, <laughs> I wonder how common that is because, uh, yeah, I assume a lot of the I, endorsement I bet it's quotes. Common. Yeah, yeah. Like, I bet it's There's something common. we want you to say. <laughs> yeah. And, like, I don't even, like, blame Isaiah specifically. Like, as a outlier, I bet that is the practice for a lot of these, like, like established, like, uh, politicians. Mm-hmm. I see Francis Boggess has an endorsement on his. He's got the naps. I think the naps donated the Krauses. I got yes. the 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 cool Kraus. Cool <laughs> yes. Kraus donated to me. The all the other Krauses donated to it. <laughs> they um the naps donated thousands and thousands of dollars yeah, to him. I have his um campaign disclosures pulled up, and just one I'm looking at just one donation of five thousand dollars. Just like, and every single bad council member has given to him, and many people that are jumping out to me as developers 
developers lawyers yes. that's the interesting one is lawyers like why does he ha- why does he know so many lawyers uh be just being a non-profit like i yeah. don't know the non-profit industrial complex Probably. in des moines I, th- I think is how but it's I just like I think the most important thing is to look at where the money comes from, because that's who he's going to be representing when he shows up there. And like and Eddie Morrow gave to him. And his partner, I believe. I think Eddie Morrow's partner uh, also did. And what I thought was really funny is that uh, Linda Westergaard donated 100 and uh, Joe Gatto donated 98 98 dollars why (laughs) that's specific huh (laughs) i think josh donated like over a thousand dollars yes wow okay Um, so it's like all of them except yeah yeah Yeah. all of his family gave to isaiah as well i believe carl's what carl's wife donated susan voss gave to him Um, connie the whitmer like that construction weimer whitner whatever yeah, a bunch of like people that I see from like looking up developers who did donations to city council are like, and like these kind of people, they just they don't give you five thousand dollars for no reason. They're paying for something. Like you don't think you don't think William, that this uh, developer uh, or you, you don't know, really th- cares about access to affordable health care? No, I don't think William Knapp gives a fuck about <laughs> affordable health care. <laughs> He is paying because it's an investment. He sees it as an investment. And, like, honestly, like, you should see it as an investment as well and should give yeah. money to candidates that you care about because, like, um, Wellmark Inc.'s pack is giving $1,000 to <laughs> Isaiah Knox and they're going to get their money's worth. It's worth it to them. Like, Wellmark doesn't just give $1,000 to someone if they don't think they're going to get $1,000 in value back. And they are because he'll represent them at the state, at the state house. Yeah. And, he, I mean, he's, like, the default choice for this race like if there was no campaigning at all he would just win because he has the d next to his name right so yeah what is it what does he so need why all this money are they for giving this money for yeah yeah they're I'm giving sure the money because it. it's gonna pay off yeah you think he's uh, juicing it no 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 <laughs> i said i'm not sure if he's using it but uh no nah, oh, he's probably yeah. i bet the party is gonna take a good chunk of it though mm-hmm. um like I, I guess kind of what uh what you were saying i mean he's got the d next to his name and like Honestly, thinking about the campaign largely, I'm not even really even thinking about it as like me against Isaiah, because mm-hmm. most people like have no clue who either of us are, and right. won't know until like election day, and like are either just checking off the name next to the D or you know wh- whatever it is. Like a lot of people are not going to know. Most people currently don't know. Uh, even people uh, obviously that aren't going to vote, no yeah. clue who we are, and don't care. So really, like. What I'm up against, like the biggest obstacle I have is beating the letter D. That like D is what I'm up against. That's literally it. The D and the like money that it that comes oh, yeah. with it. Oh yeah. That money, the D, the money that they get to use, uh, to, you know, I'm not sure if he's running ads, but I can imagine that, you know, if, if he feels threatened, which I don't think he feels threatened, so I doubt that they're wasting as much money as, you know, they would. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, they, they've got enough money to like heavily invest to like beat pretty much any candidate. So mm-hmm. $250 from County, Jim County, he's, he's the developer brother, I think <laughs> Rob Sandwiches, Robert Sandwiches. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think uh, I, I, I just read someone's tweet, like quote tweet of this, so I could be completely wrong, but I'm just going to go ahead and believe it. But somebody said uh, <laughs> that Isaiah was the first state legislative candidate that Rob San has ever like publicly endorsed. That's interesting. Yeah. yeah. I don't uh, know. Uh, somebody said that, but someone should verify that. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I believe it also. I don't know if that's an I would literally ever want. Oh, no. But <laughs> uh, yeah, the only other thing I've really heard about him, like uh, getting involved in a, a state race, it was behind the scenes. He did not. Oh, yeah. Pub- publicly oh, he doesn't like to get dirty. Oh, yeah. Publicly. <laughs> he does privately. No, he's got those. He's got those relationships. Somebody asked yeah. me recently, like, who's like, there doesn't seem to be like leadership in the Dem- in the Dem party. Like there doesn't, you know, I was like, no, it's Rob Sand. He's just doing it all it's behind Rob the scenes. Sand. It's his fingers in, in everything. He's not willing to stick his neck out, but he's controlling a lot of this. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's like a kingmaker and he's like so sad. <laughs> just like a <laughs> saddest milk mustache kingmaker. <laughs> but he put out a really cool and like <laughs> in touch ad that parodies <laughs> The Office. Everyone loves The Office 2022. <laughs> so interesting and topical. Everyone loves someone penny pinching with the fucking. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was, I've got it muted, so I was like very confused about what was going on. I'm like, I'm not going to dive into it, but somebody told me what happened, but I have no clue. Never seen it. <laughs> so, another thing that I noticed when I was uh, looking into your opponents is that. Uh, one Iowa action, which is it's like a LGBTQ advocacy group, right? Yeah, yeah. They endorsed both you and Isaiah Knox. Mm-hmm. So I was curious about the the process there. Like, did you request their endorsement? Uh, I was reached out to by uh, like Keenan. I'm sure Keenan did okay. like the kind of just like notifying, like, hey, we get, we're starting the process. So they initiated. But then they endorsed. If I remember correctly, they they initiated. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. But then they endorsed two candidates in the same race. From my understanding, so did the New York was... Times. Are you hating on that? <laughs> yes. If, I, I'm familiar <laughs> with a lot of folks with. Uh, yeah, they they very much did. Uh, they said uh, two candidates of color. We stand both. Um, <laughs> <laughs> they. Uh, <laughs> No, I mean, I, I know a lot of the folks that work for One Iowa Action and just One Iowa in general. I have like relationships with them. Some of them knock doors for me. But like, I also know some of the other folks. And it's it's kind of like a, you know, as many of the boards seem to be, it's 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 a dynamic of like some people who are like activists and like grassroots and some folks that are very much grass tops. And the grass tops have those relationships and the grassroots have their voices and whether it's this uh endorsement or the planned parenthood endorsement i did not get that one uh right. they i uh, mean you were not gonna get that one i'm sorry oh. <laughs> <laughs> I, know. I know i was i know <laughs> but like you know it's a dynamic <laughs> well you know it's like that that dynamic of like again the grass tops gra- uh, grass roots i was gonna say grass bottoms uh, I mean the 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 existence of grass tops have been played. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, grass switch. <laughs> grass switch. 
no, uh, it's like, uh, you know, their organizers are knocking doors for me. That's all I got to say. Well, that's cool. Yeah. Keenan follows me on Twitter, so I'm not going to say anything bad about it. <laughs> cool. Keenan's cool. I, mean, I, I, I can't speak to like what his set or what his was with the process other than just communicating it to me or not, you know? Right. Uh-huh. They're, they seem to be really cool. I know they knock doors for Indira and have uh, just been, you know, from from what I've observed in the times I've worked with them, and they're cool. You know, it's a nonprofit in the nonprofit industrial complex, and here we are. <laughs> do you have a history with uh, nonprofits at all? I do. I've uh, I've worked quite a bit with nonprofits. You know, it's uh, it's uh, an interesting dynamic, especially if you work for like a a national, like big nonprofit. And you know, we actually like where I currently work, uh, we split off from like those national relationships because you know. Those like centralized decision making processes are just garbage and uh-huh. slow down the process so much and are just so like I mean it's always about funding. I mean it it is even if you're a small nonprofit, you know, an independent nonprofit, but um, you know, your job could be gone in an instant if you're not like the one directly with the relationships with those funders or have some kind of fundraising strategy. Uh, sadly, it's all just about fundraising. And, you know, I'm luckily get to completely be distance myself from all that. And, but at the end of the day, working on profit, my job could be gone tomorrow. Uh, you know, if, if the funding's just not there. So, yeah, I mean, it's, uh, it's, it's once I really got into those spaces and, you know, where the executives are or the folks that are, trying to be executives you know you really start to kind of see like where a lot of these relationships start to develop and like what i guess without naming things uh, <laughs> you know yeah you just you're in a lot of the same spaces and you can see you can you can see like who's real and who's not and how uh you know i i, I recently saw i don't know if y'all have been following what happened with like eat greater des moines and um, and like some of the, cutting the come and go yeah, yeah. and just it's in general up. like them and like the the food bank and you know all these like large nonprofits and foundations and uh organizations i don't know if you heard about what happened with united way <laughs> story time uh i guess <laughs> uh there was this like big banquet uh, i can't remember what it's called but uh with, or a lot of these nonprofits were there and it was about like food insecurity from my understanding um it was uh hosted by united way and then it was at uh prairieland or uh what's that casino called prairie meadows prairie meadows it was a prairie meadows right. prairieland's freedom fund <laughs> oh no 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 not them <laughs> they should open their own uh, casino that would yeah, be a good yeah, I, that would be great I'd go speaking there. of funding yeah it's a good way to <laughs> yes, get you some pay, revenue you should donate to the prairieland for your fund though Prairie Land Freedom fan, good. Prairie Meadows, bad. Yeah, Prairie Meadows. <laughs> yeah, no, they, um, end of the, the banquet, uh, some folks uh, started to, you know, rescue the leftover food, as you do. Okay. Mm-hmm. And someone came to them and told them not to. What? Um, and not only that, like, you people from, like, from United Way were telling them not to and there was like a whole so much like drama like and emails and it was a mess it was great though like yeah the, the people who did that like 
it was badass like they lost like big funding because of wow like the 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 stink that they made because of this garbage like response that they had and um you know you saw how some of these folks in these spaces these nonprofit folks responded to that some who completely distanced themselves from the folks who you know, literally did what they do in food rescue and in yeah, food an insecurity. unambiguously good thing, right? And <laughs> yeah. uh, <laughs> and you know, just using like bullshit like excuses for why they didn't want them to do it about like food safety when like the people rescuing the food are the people who are experts in what food needs to could can be rescued. Like these are people who know what they're doing. Um, but yeah, and then you know you see like. Yeah, like the they start they stopped getting from my understanding they stopped they 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 lost some of the funding from United Way and who was like a major uh mm-hmm. you know source of of their their funding and and that that's kind of what happens if you you know and not to mention that some of these organizations are actively lobbying against a lot of really important measures for fighting food insecurity because you know then they lose their power right around you know whether that's the food bank or uh, you know some of these large nonprofits that that want that power to control like this honestly market um, and yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, it's that's it's really what the disgusting. Come and go stuff was about too yeah. was that they have to have exclusive the exclusive ability to be the person to rescue from come and go and so it can't mm-hmm. go to community fridges. It's just so fucked up. I just hate nonprofits. Like it's it's just fucked up i mean there's wonderful ones and like yeah you know but and unfortunately like, this is like uh like seem seemingly one of the only ways to do some of this work mm-hmm. that has been like semi-sustainable in like our current system but uh at the end of the day like it they're still very like top down they're not willing to disrupt um, you know, you see that in working coalition with some of the other, you know, mm-hmm. migrant justice organizations that I have to organize with. And, you know, they're unwilling to to really disrupt the the, the status quo. And that means to them, it, it means working with folks that are literally harming us on a daily basis. Yeah. the I mean, these nonprofits still exist within, the, you know, the larger system of capitalism. Yeah. And it's like you got to you got to make a niche for yourself and like, you know, keep that, keep that rolling so you can keep, keep what you have, which is, I mean, at the they're end invested the in their own existence. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. you know, like, and whether that, that's something that kind of exists in, in pretty much any, any space, right? Like whether you that's think what about we're the incentivized de- for, yeah. Yeah. Across the, board. the democratic party, the, these unions, like these are spaces that are so invested in their own existence that they're willing to like literally throw us under the bus in order to continue to exist. Um, and that's, you know, it's it's really gross to see, you know, that's why, you know, these Democrats are like afraid to say things because then they don't get the donations that they want, that they feel they need. And that's why uh, a lot of these unions are unwilling to like address the white supremacy within their institutions because they're afraid that they're going to lose their dues. And it's incredibly frustrating if, you know, you're you're trying to advocate for certain things, but the people in leadership in those spaces are actively harming us. And yeah. competing for dwindling foundation money and yeah. like taking on more and more responsibility. The pressure is just building on nonprofits. And I do, I understand how it happens, but it doesn't make it moral or correct. Like I understand why they panic. Like you don't want to lose grant streams. You don't want to lose foundation funding. You don't want to piss these people off. Like 
I, I understand why it happens. And you tell yourself like, oh, this mission is so important that like, it's okay if we do these things along the way in the service of the mission or whatever. Like, I know how it happens to good people, but it doesn't make it not fucked up. Right. Yeah. And at the end of the day, even, you know, like we're all expendable, like no matter how much you've, oh, yeah. you've, you've, you know, gathered these resources to, to keep your own uh, position like stable, like they could cut you at, at a, a moment once you become, you know, less of a benefit to the actual, you know, powers. Yeah. If you don't have capital, like you're instantly yeah. like, you're no, out. you're at their, yeah, you're there like at their whim. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> But some people, um, you know, they, they get to they get to be that person for them for a very long time. And they use that power to, uh, even without the capital, they use that power to, uh, you know, just uh, try to get power, more power, and to try to get capital. Yeah. Sacrifices have to be made to uh, <laughs> actually, actually create the better world that we envision. <laughs> I have your, I went to pull up your website, Ale, which is, it honestly has like the most incredible graphic design, the most beautiful art that I have ever seen at Thank any you. campaign ever. <laughs> I No, like I'm not just gassing you up. Like it is incredible. Your website is beautiful. The art you sell is beautiful. I love your signs. It just is mind boggling to me. It's so cool. But when I went to pull up your website, I saw they had an article about you and Yahoo. That's so cool. I'm angry because it calls you a, a Gen Zer, and that makes me oh, feel cold. Oh, is it the Chag one? Is it the Chag? <laughs> Chag, Chag did a, a thing on me. Let me see. It's um from Yahoo. Yep, Chag Life. Wednesday, <laughs> yeah, October fifth. Yeah, she didn't call it. There's a beautiful then. picture of you. We're witnessing the first wave of Gen Z candidates, and I think that's really beautiful. But you're I'm younger not Gen than, Z. You're younger I'm, than me. I'm, so yeah, okay. I'm a young millennial. I'm a young millennial. <laughs> Um, right. but, if you're actually Gen Z, I don't know if we can continue this interview. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm we're very like, bitter that we're aging. We're clinging to relevancy. I'm, I'm almost 30. Oh, you're barely younger than <laughs> um, us. All right. Yeah, 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 yeah that doesn't mean, yeah, yeah. They, this person, these people just think that anyone younger than 50 is. I mean, if we're talking, yeah. you know, the people that are like running and like it's all on a scale, day, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm a toddler. <laughs> <laughs> Still learning how to walk. This, Speaking of yeah, your, this is a beautiful article. Sorry, go ahead. Speaking of your website, yeah, I, I did review your uh, bio today. And uh, I saw that you were born in Sioux City. I was. Also, sorry, website, graphics. Uh, I did most of that. Um, someone wants to hire me, just message me. Nice, yeah. If you they want are a cool, beautiful. Cool website with good color choices. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And apps, um, Ale, they are selling gorgeous posters, too. I have one hanging in my dining room. Um, just beautiful, beautiful art, like just putting out really beautiful things in the world. So if at the very least, check out the merch and the website. Cujo. It's beautiful. Cujo did that one. Follow Cujo. <laughs> He's great. But sorry, you were talking about my bio. Yeah, I just brought it up because I was also born in Sioux City. Oh, nice. Just wanted to make the connection. Sick. Do you still have people there? Because I kind of don't. Uh, my... <laughs> My mom's there, uh, my sister and my brother. One of my sisters and my brother are there. Um, and, you know, cousins, distant family. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah. a, a couple, like, close friends, you know, from high school. But uh, 
for the most part like other than that not not a ton um but you know get it still still make my my trips every once in a while yeah i haven't been in, in a long time but yeah i think we left when i was like three years old so i, oh. I don't have a lot of like <laughs> yeah <laughs> no, i did uh i grew up there um and you know just before like left for college and then didn't come back pretty much mm-hmm. so um how can people get involved well how can people get involved? Uh, when is this airing? Uh, <laughs> Probably in the next couple days. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, no. Uh, so we're uh, we're knocking doors. We're texting people. We are um, trying to create spaces for folks to organize. So even if you don't want to knock doors, you know, just to tell someone to vote for someone they don't know, you can um, talk to me if you want to organize your workplace. If you want to organize your apartment, if you want to start a worker co-op and don't know where to go, if you uh, have land that you want other people to use, if you have property that you want other people to use, if you know where the vacant houses are, if you any of those and many other things, if you want to you know, start a community garden, you want to help somebody else's community garden, if you want to any of that, any of that. You can uh, connect uh, either on social media uh, at Ale, the number four, Iowa, or you can email Ale at Ale4Iowa.com. But yeah, we are knocking doors and we're paying people. So if you want to knock doors, we'll pay $50 for a This is revolutionary. (laughs) Yeah, that's so cool. Uh, We have some money that we kind of just figured rather give it to people or to you know we've donated some of it to like some of the mutual aid and stuff but primarily if we can give it to people rather than like a billboard or you know we will do some advertising and stuff you'll, you'll see that but if um yeah i mean we we i i was able to allocate a, a good chunk to, to to knock some doors so if you want to do that uh sign up at ale for iowa.com slash knock mm-hmm. uh not knocks knock uh, <laughs> and uh, I should have done Knox. That would be so yeah. funny. Because uh, like he's kind of using that pun, so like it yeah, would be so funny. Opportunity yeah, Knox, if I would have, right. what if like I just appropriated it and just started using <laughs> it? That would be so funny. Uh, but no, uh, yeah. If you want to knock doors, fifty dollars. Um, we're also like I said, text banking. We'll probably do some f- more phone banking, uh, doing events. Uh, so check it out. I haven't posted it yet, but you might see it on my website because I got it all created. Um, got some posters doing uh, out, but I'm doing a brew tour. Uh, <laughs> which oh, like is, the do tour, like the, the do tour thing. <laughs> uh, but it's a brew tour. Where I'm going to some coffee shops and some breweries, and it's all gonna culminate. With a Tony Hawk Pro Skater tournament. So if you want to enter our Tony Hawk Pro Skater tournament, you can go to ale4iowa.com slash brew dash tour, I think. Nice. I will, of course, include a link to the the main homepage of the website in the episode description for anyone who is having trouble finding it. Yeah, brew tour. So is there going to be anyone like skateboarding at these events? In real life, uh, or just just video games? I mean, if you want to, but um, I don't, I don't think so. It's not. I mean, I, I, I things can change. Yeah, uh, somebody <laughs> wants there. to come I'll outside. Come I don't know how I'm gonna. It'll be great. 
if somebody can do some cool tricks for us like you're more than welcome like please uh but there will be some some video game skateboarding and i can see y'all's tricks on there so nice that's, it, that's it gonna be a to to pull them off with your yeah. thumbs no it really is and yeah you land very like unlandable things in that game but uh uh, uh <laughs> That's going to be a bartender's handshake on the 30th of October. So if you want to wear a costume, you can wear a costume. Oh, man. That's something I've noticed about all of your campaign events. Like you said earlier, organizing can be fun. And like every event that you promote on your social media seems like people are having so fun. So cool. It's we did it's like so a tie-dye thing and some drag stuff and like... Um, like games for kids. It just seems it's just so cool. I just yeah, campaign events it. are boring and like kid, like yeah. nobody brings kids, obviously, because like you know, and it's and not that kids stuff. need to be there, but people with kids should be there. Uh, yeah, yeah. so like they, they can vote. Yeah, yeah, and why not expose kids to radical thought? You know, mm-hmm. they'll latch on to it, like it because this stuff just makes sense if you right. haven't. Especially if you haven't been conditioned by years of just yeah. being beaten down with like <laughs> hustle, <laughs> grind set. <laughs> Wait, mom, why do you want to have a better house than my neighbor? Shouldn't we be sharing? <laughs> I do. I bring um, my daughter with me to campaign stuff and she mouths off about cops at school and gets in trouble. So it's, you can, yeah. they, they get, they, it makes sense to them. No, I still remember your uh, your speech at that that rally that that <laughs> upset me when uh, somebody was like, "Nobody's pro-abortion." <laughs> these like, I, honestly, these fucking like party or large org run events are just so they're garbage. Yeah, it's but, just self promotion, really. That's the purpose of it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. But it's funny because then they they do kind of like we are in a point where they they can't like completely ignore us. So like the Dadalies and the abortion access fund folks in general and the me's kind of get invited to some of these spaces and then we just say things that upset them. <laughs> but uh, you tell the truth. Yeah. Sp- As they like to say, you speak truth to power. <laughs> but really, you actually do it. <laughs> but they actually, do, like- we're just saying normal things that should just yeah. be normal. Yeah, truth. They're true. <laughs> Like they like these organizations are starting to like they really have to invite mutual aid stuff. It's like getting they have to like at least nod to like union stuff. They have to like it's getting to the point that we do have like a sort of power and platform and they're having to at least pretend and then some people are running with it and it's really cool. All right. One last thing, because you mentioned you don't want to waste the money on like a billboard or something like that. But but your website is so visually appealing. So what I was thinking was like, if you if you were to have a billboard, could you maybe like paint a word picture for us? Tell us what that billboard would look like. Okay, so I've I've had multiple ideas for like what a billboard would be. One of them is kind of just like a ribbon of somebody in California, so I'm not even gonna say it. It's just like the I, I have it on my like on my um like my current campus car, and it's like the distribution of funding with like the police versus like literally everything else in the in oh, like, yeah, yeah. you know city budgets and stuff and like just speaking to like what the state has done to limit our ability to change that right but uh more fun versions of this is like i started painting these like huge like wooden signs 
and like I kind of did them in the style of like what I grew up with in Mexico, which is like uh, whether when there's like a huge concert or there's like, a campaign going on, like they're just painted on like walls, like all over the place. Like you, you can't put a pin anywhere on Google Maps in Mexico, walk a few blocks and not see something like that. And it's like, yeah. Uh, so I kind of wanted, you know, the the East Side kind of has that vibe already. Uh, but I also know that that kind of advertising is like not like I I don't I think you need like I don't think it's like legal with like city laws and stuff like that, which I don't care. But uh, <laughs> but but if if they like made me take it down, I'd like take a picture of it and then like put that on a billboard and then say like the city <laughs> made me take this down, so I put it on a billboard. <laughs> that that's what I would want to do. <laughs> that would be great. Yeah, I would love that. <laughs> All right. Well, Alejandro, thank you so much for for talking to us about your campaign and like the the larger ideas behind like what what a state legislature campaign can also spring off and like encourage among you know the community and everything i think we we learned a lot thank you oh this was fun thank you for having me y'all are great and everybody go to ale4iowa.com again it'll be in the episode description click on that and help out if you can thank you buy a poster um, okay, sorry. So, we have one more thing yeah. we we gotta do. We gotta say <laughs> one more thing. <laughs> so, um, there is a family in Iowa City with four boys. Um, they young children in school. They're in a domestic violence situation. The mom has sickle cell anemia and has been denied Social Security three times. And they are um, have had a bunch of loss and are desperately trying to keep themselves with a roof over their head and get the kids to school. Um, so I wanted to plug the, the mutual aid fundraiser for them. Um, it is at mutual dash aid dash saves dash lives. So, um, that is on Venmo at mutual aid saves lives. And then on cash app, it's mutual aid saves lives with no dashes. Um, and I can personally attest that this is going to an organizer who will use the money to help this family in Iowa city. So if you have a little bit of extra, um, throw it to Ali's campaign or throw it to, um, this family that is trying to keep a roof over their head and keep the kids in school while they're dealing with a pretty horrible situation. So thank you for letting me hop back on and record that. Yeah, that's some someone we trust, someone who is uh, close to us. So we, yeah, we can vouch for this. Yes, the money is actually going to keep this family in a hotel with a roof over their head, desperately trying to get them in a permanent housing situation. But Shelter House in Iowa City and domestic violence uh, advocacy, it's just, it's really tough for them to place entire families. And so they're struggling right now and just need to keep a roof until they can find permanent placement. Yep. And that link, those links are also down below. Scroll down in your podcast app or whatever. All right. Thanks.